Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to this week's episode of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan in your Lost Without Moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and his own return in summer 2023. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today, and I truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost Without listener, thank you again for your time and returning once more. As always, the advertising I include with my shows is done for free, and is to help continue to promote the friends of the show we have interviewed in the past. I appreciate your understanding for today's day trip not being Tokyo, as I have juggled around some interviews and am hoping to have one that is focused on Tokyo and some offerings that could do you some good uh, on your return trip. And looking to have that probably be around March as we move into Tokyo for day trip ideas at the end of February, beginning of March. Let's start today's show by finding a truly amazing view of Mount Fuji while visiting the area of Kawaguchiko. With some positive mental imagery, let's imagine that today is your time to make your way to your next stop in Japan. Before your train or bus leaves for Kawaguchiko, Remember to double-check you have all of your luggage, passport, and phone with you before you get out of the Lost Without Japan rideshare. You have made it. Today is the day for you to continue your journey throughout Japan. Go ahead, take a few deep breaths, and come along with your tour group as we make sure your journey to Kawaguchiko is as wonderful as possible, whether it's your first trip or a return to this wonderful city. For this purpose of our show, we are going to use the middle of June 2023 for rates for lodging, knowing full well that these rates will likely increase closer to the date, with spring viewing being a popular activity throughout Japan and summertime being when people you know, get out and do their own vacations, it can easily uh, increase till then. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or Lost Without Japan on Instagram. As always, remember, you can have access to the show's Google Doc with information on Japan and past shows in the description for today's show. And one thing of note, if you haven't seen my Instagram post, is that I have updated our show's Google Doc. So if you're new to the show and you look through and you have some cities that catch your eye, you can actually click the link either for Apple or for Spotify And the links will take you directly to the episode in question. Thank you, Kasha, for that great idea. Took a while, but I think you'll enjoy it. If you've been enjoying our show, 
please think about supporting our completely crowdfunded show. Information is available in today's show notes. Stick to the end of today's episode to find out how you could have a free 30-day Patreon offer that's available for a limited time. As always, today's stamp to take you directly to our talk on the Kawaguchiko area can be found in the notes for this show. I truly feel lucky to have each other on this journey, and I'm looking forward to us both supporting each other's dreams and goals. History of Fujikawa Guchiko and festivals throughout the area of Kawaguchiko is what we're going to be focusing on for our talk for today. The area around Lake Kawaguchi has had residents since the Jomon period, which for you history fans is about 6,000 to 399 BCE. Its importance early on stemmed from the fact that the road that connected the Kai Prefecture and the Surigura Province. The area has been mentioned repeatedly in Japan's history, with some of the earliest recorded history being in 864 AD, when it was mentioned in a report about an eruption of Fuji. On July 1, 1889, the area came under the jurisdiction of the Minamachuri District and the Yanamashi Prefecture. And then on the 15th of November in 2003, the town of Kawaguchiko and the villages of Katsumeyama and Ashawamadara merged to form the new town of Fujiwa-Guchiko. For festivals in the area, I will include a website that go into even more detail beyond even what we cover. There just is so much happening in this area. Please know that you might be need a VPN to enable some of the sites as they won't let you view them unless they think that you're in Japan. The good news is that there are some free ones that are out and some very affordable ones as well. And as I speak about that, I have to renew mine. So (laughs) I'll be looking into that myself. The festivals that are calling my name the most are ones that will be taking place on August 5th. And that's the, the Kawaguchiko Lake Festival. The Firework Festival is the largest one that takes place in the Fuji Five Lakes area and occurs at Lake Kawaguchi with fireworks around 745 and will occur if there's light rain, but if it's any more than that, it'll likely be canceled. There'll be parking, food stalls, so make sure to bring your change and small bills and so much more with access to the event being completely free. There are multiple ways to get there, and even a special train that runs with fewer stops just for this event. You'll head there from Oiki Park to the lakeside and find the food stalls and other events will begin around 4 p.m., but the whole area will be closed off by 9.30, so make sure to get there in time. The pictures from this event are simply breathtaking and definitely could persuade me to visit Japan to experience this even with the extreme heat of summer and the time with the time of year that that would be taking place. Another festival that I will unfortunately miss out on, as it is close to when I'm returning to school, is the Mount Fuji Fuko Summer Festival, and this takes place in mid-August. The festival takes place on Lake Kawaguchi in Oshi Park, and as of 2022, actually required you to sign up in advance to attend to help reduce the spread of COVID. Sign up is completely in Japanese, but would be worth doing, in my opinion, to be part of a lantern festival where the candles are placed in floating lanterns and they are released to color the lake at night and is truly a wonderful thing to experience in person. Buses or cars are the only way to make it to this event, with the bus requiring you to take 
the Kawaguchiko Tour Red Line bus and get off at the Natural Living Center bus stop. Parking is free, and the event begins around 2.30 and runs till 7. All of this is subject to change next year, so I'd look at that in advance before you end up pinning your plans. I'd begin looking at least six months out for you to begin to make reservations as far as possible. If you're planning on driving to these events, one thing to take into account is that they will shut down traffic to the event as it nears closer to time. So make sure you have a bus as a backup option as well. This is just a few of many options that are available for you. So please check out that website and have that VPN going and see all the different things that you could do on your next trip to Japan. The Google Doc for the show will also include a map link for the locations covered that we talk about today for those of you that would like to follow along. We're going to use the middle of July again to figure out cost for your trip. I'm truly looking to add this stop on my next trip to Japan and really look forward to finding some lodging options for all of us when we visit. So let's move on to discussing that lodging and we'll be discussing some various options today. But as always, if it's not a chain, please look to book directly if possible as a lot of mom and pop places or you know smaller businesses lose out to 30% of the cost that you pay as a fee to sites like booking.com and others. Before we start talking about our trip to Kawaguchiko, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Road Bike Rental. Road Bike Rental Japan provides cycling solutions to those wishing to go cycling or bike touring in Japan. With nationwide delivery options available, you can explore even more of Japan on two wheels and at your own pace. More details of all of this that RBRJ services can be found at roadbikerentaljapan.com. For those of you beginning your journey with me again today at Kawaguchiko Station, we'll begin by heading out to the taxis out front, and we'll look to store our luggage at our choice of lodging before venturing out and exploring the area. Some lodging in the area may offer to pick you up, so it's worth checking out in advance, and you could cut the cost of a taxi, or, you know, you can uh, find a place that's right next to the station. My lodging choice for our stay is the Kawaguchigo Station Inn, which is about a three to five minute taxi ride. My choice for lodging for our stay is actually one of those. My lodging choice for our stay is the Kawaguchigo Station Inn, which is about a three to five minute jaunt yourself without a taxi. And I mean, depending on the amount of luggage you have, could be a very short taxi ride if you need. Although our lodging choice is not one that you'd first see as recommended places, I truly think it is a hidden gem for the area. This lodging offers an affordable price compared to the surrounding ones that I saw. The pricing discount for this location comes with a few caveats, though, as rooms are traditional Japanese style with futons and 10, 13, 14, and 18 square meters in size. There is one unisex dormitory style room that has seven single bunk beds that you could choose as well. And probably the most noteworthy thing about this stay is that it is a shared bathroom for your stay there. Being that I will only use this location for a night and two days of running around when I visit this summer, 
I think I'm more than comfortable to, you know, kind of rough it for the night and get back to my more U.S. style private bath hotel in Tokyo after completing this day trip. There's a cafe at this location, but from what I've heard from multiple locations in the area is just head out, walk around and see what you can find. There's truly more than what you would think. There is a public bath at this location as well that has a great view of Fuji, if the weather allows, for you to relax and enjoy. Or once you return, there is a small lounge with free coffee and tea throughout the day for your consumption, and I could see needing a caffeine boost myself as I'm leading out for a full day of many different views of Fuji and the surrounding area. The area of Kawaguchiko has so much to offer. I'll be honest. That doing all the research for this area and other past cities we've discussed has made me start out climbing Mount Fuji with a guide myself when I return to Japan in summer 2024. There are multiple paths to take, and it'd be great to have a hiking stick that marked each station that you ended up going all the way to the summit, even if I start at the fifth you know, stop and work my way from there. I don't need to do it all the way from the bottom. <laughs> The trail I'm currently looking at is Kawaguchigo Fist Station. I'm looking to interview someone in February or March about hiking and climbing in Japan, and know this episode will provide even more information about hiking, not just Fuji, but other locations in Japan as well. After that, I think I'll look to dedicate an episode on just climbing Fuji itself, probably after we finish our Tokyo and Kyoto runs, and probably after I've returned from Japan myself. I always like to look for something to eat for getting too much into my exploration of a new city. And for today's adventure, I truly recommend grabbing some snacks from the Lawson's that is known for having its picture taken with Fuji in its backdrop or the Family Mart Kawaguchiko Station West Store to grab snacks before you start running around. As you're going to find that there are many different places to eat, but with some of the activities I have, I know that I would love to have a snack, and I think you would too. Between the two, though, I would recommend the Family Mart, despite it being further away from our lodging choice, as multiple people, both foreigners and locals, mention the staff's rude for Japan is what they're, they're kind of saying, and that's not really common, and it wouldn't be as rude as what I would get back home. But still, it might be worth it just to go a little bit longer and have a location that actually has a place for you to sit and enjoy your snack instead of having to take it outside. Please be aware that if you are here to climb, do not assume that every place you're going to will be happy about you bringing your hiking backpack. I'd really plan on running around with no more than a day pack or just something very small to reduce how much space your group takes up. If you do have a lot of equipment, I truly would recommend you leaving all of this in your lodging and going to eat and doing what you need to without, you know, having that be brought along to you. I can only imagine if I was running my own restaurant or a business there and you're constantly having to deal with like a group of five or three or two or eight all have all of these large backpacks and they're taking up the space that you could have to serve more customers or just have the people that are in your restaurant or establishment be that much comfier. So please just, you know, give some patience and some understanding and just, you know, put your things away and grab it after you're done eating and head off from there. There are not many early hour dining sessions in the area, 
So if you're not looking for convenience stores to start your day, found one that we can do in its stead. Hoto Fudo Kawaguchigo Station is a restaurant that serves Hoto, a Fuji area specialty. The food Hoto is a noodle dish made by stewing flat udon noodles with vegetables and miso soup stock. In the event you're like me and visiting in the rainy season, this location is a great place to escape that rain. Or just take a bit to relax and have a quick meal and a beer and just get away from Kawaguchigo Station. If the weather's good, you can enjoy a wonderful meal and see Fuji out the window for this location. You're going to hear that a lot. Let me tell you, the pictures for this area oh, are worth seeing. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I, this is one trip that you are going to want to add to your itinerary. The various meat dishes that they have, one of them is horse, so be careful of what you order. They sell out early and leave you a lot of times the later it gets with just noodle dishes at night. Don't worry though, as even those are wonderful. As tourism increases for this location, and it was extremely popular before COVID, a lot of tourists come to this shop to be able to experience this type of noodle, knowing that they have English and Japanese menus. And when you're looking at pricing, they actually include the price with tax. Now, this isn't just for this location, but one thing to take into account as you travel is please give the staff the benefit of the doubt and try to be understanding as everywhere is understaffed, no matter where you go. The not coming with a lot of bags, giving a smile, being respectful, and having a few just basic Japanese phrases to help you with your order will go such a long way when you're out in these rural areas and for you to really truly enjoy your time in Japan. The Fudo Hodo dish is served with yamanashi, flat udon noodles with vegetable and miso, miso soup for just 1,210 yen or around $10 at the time of recording US. And I, from what I've heard, the dishes are enough for two, which means for myself, enough for one. <laughs> they also have a pork intestine stew, roasted pork filet, horse meat, and more. Drinks range from bottled beer, wine by the glass, sake, and local draft beer ranging from 410 yen all the way up to 685 yen. All of that, though, for the most expensive price of $5.30 truly isn't bad at all. If there is a queue to enter, don't worry. As it said, they do go through a lot quicker than you'd expect. This location, as well as other places in Japan, will not seat you, though, if there's around 30 minutes or less before closing. So please make sure to get there in time. And allow yourself to make it your way through that queue, get seated, order your meal, and allow for that time for you to not have to be rushed. Now that we have food taken care of to start our day, we can head out of Kawaguchigo Station, which is about a two-minute walk away, to board the train that's going to take us directly to an amazing view. And with that, I mean the Ropeway Iriguchi stop, which is just a very short walk to the Mount Fuji Panoramic Ropeway, our next stop for the day. Once we have taken our fill of our amazing views of the lake and of Fuji, we're going to be heading back down our ropeway and heading towards Oshi Park. To get there, 
we are going to end up taking a bus that's only a two minute walk away from the ropeway at the urine Bopin Le Erguchi stop, which is in our show notes. The bus will take us about 16 minutes around the lake to our bus stop that's going to take us to Oshi Park for all of about 420 yen. Oshi Park is known for providing amazing pictures of Fuji that reflect well on the surface of Lake Kawaguchi. The views of Fuji and Lake Kawaguchi's lavender flowers, depending on season, along with a small pavilion for eating, a parking lot that is a third paved in the rest gravel, are, and even a playground for kids. Please be aware, though, there are no trash cans at this location, so you're going to have to bring anything that you end up making turn into trash back with you to dispose of elsewhere. Apparently, there's also a building there that has ice cream to purchase on the second floor, and you can provide yourself with a nice snack and a place to sit and relax if needed. Depending on the time of year, there's also a farmer's market at the Kawaguchi Nation's Center. Oshi Park is free, but other spots in the area end up costing around 1,000 yen for two hours to park if you drive. Luckily, there are also toilets if you need them, and even souvenirs to purchase as well. Depending on the time of year, there's even a fish stall in the area as well that gets a lot of positive reviews. Next, we're going to be heading out for something different for the show, but something I've enjoyed doing in Costa Rica before. And it's going to give you, again, some amazing different views of the area and of Fuji. We're going to visit Forest Adventure Fuji that opens in April and is available for your enjoyment during warmer months and closes when it gets closer towards that winter and fall season. Check your times for this as trip and buses and getting there can end up taking from that stop either around an hour or more than two hours to get to this. So really, it does pay to know what bus you're getting on. Total cost of around 950 yen. Use that hour to brush up on your Japanese or just relax for a moment or just see those posts coming in about how amazing all the views are that you're sharing. Before you arrive there, there's apparently a convenience store nearby, and I'd recommend using the restroom before you go out and start ziplining. A lot of people mention that if the weather has been rainy or was, that it could be really super muddy. So it's a great place to just get a quick snack before you head out to what it could end up being like a two and a half, three hour adventure. And I would recommend that you end up bringing your a change of clothes um, and some shoes or boots that you don't mind uh, not bringing home with you. <laughs> Zip lining is just so much fun. You're going to be surrounded by nature and get a bird's eye view of an of just this area share some laughs, share some screaming, and the 30 minutes for orientation. And it's about two hours or so to get through the course. And that really depends on which level of the three that you go with. And I truly would recommend the beginner. As a lot of people say, the second choice, the intermediate, is even uh, hard for people that have done it before. There are a set number of buses that leave from the area and only happen to a certain point in the day. So make sure that you know when that bus is leaving before you end up going to try to do this yourself. I'd hate for you to miss 
your bus and having to add more lodging to your stay or pay for a very expensive taxicab ride back in. You can look to book this part of your trip ahead of time online, but do see that others say they were able to get in without a reservation. One thing to take into account for this adventure, like I said, is you're going to get dirty and probably muddy, and that doesn't mean it has been raining. So bring those change of clothes. Luckily, with those three different levels of difficulty, you can kind of impact the height that you're at. So if it is something that is a bother of you or potentially bother them, like I said, go for that beginning. No one will judge. And when I, if I do this again uh, with my son when I go, we're going to be doing the beginning. Like, no judging here. Cost of this is about 3,800 yen per person or $30 US. The longest zip line for the activity is about 140 meters or 459 feet, with a height of about 45 feet or 14 meters. One last thing to add on before we move is I'd recommend either bringing your own gloves or purchasing ones they sell there for 300 yen. Just be careful though, because depending on how large your hands are, they may not fit you. After all of our running around in this zip lining adventure, I'm starving. I want to drop off my day bag and my backpack, anything that I'm carrying with me at my lodging before heading out for dinner. From zip lining, it's about a 30 minute trip back to where we began, and we'll get there by going through the Kankoyagaku Kinkyogoju Irgachu bus stop, which is about a 14 minute trip to Kawaguchiho Station after that initial kind of 16 minute. Uh, traversing under our own power to get to that stop. After showering, changing, and unburdening your shoulders, you could choose to just eat at our choice for lodging, but I'm going to head out instead and look for a large meal of tetsunyaki, a teppanyaki restaurant. Teppanyaki refers to dishes cooked using a teppan, or what I'd refer to as like an iron skillet, and can include various meat, fish, shrimp, and even yaki soba, okonomiyaki, and monjaki. Staff at this location do have an English menu and can speak very simple English, which is a plush as well, and that comes from very recent reviews. I'm not sure about you, but it's nice after a long day to be able to just maybe go without my translation app for a little bit and just enjoy the meal. Location is very small and only seats 12 to 14 people at four tables. And many people mentioned that if you go after five, it's going to be a long line, really smoky, and just, you know, urge you to get there earlier as possible. And even have the fact that some of the dishes that you may want will be sold out if you're, you know, going later. With everything that they have, the location serves okonomiyaki, yakisoba, teriyaki pork, stir-fried vegetables, teriyaki hamburgers, salmon, garlic fried rice, and all seem to come with good reviews with yakisoba popping up again and again. Prices will range from around 1,000 yen to 2,000 yen per person for your visit. And one word of advice is the picture display out front doesn't do it justice. It looks kind of like it's faded and probably old. So don't let that discourage you. You're going to have a wonderful time. They don't do it justice. After our long day, it's time for me to get back and call it a night before we end up welcoming the next tour group in the AM. But don't worry, my friends. We have our honorable mentions to go to. 
Next up are my honorable mentions for Kawaguchiko that I'd recommend that you could, you know, put in for your trip. It's time to use a recommended another area for a meal, lodging, and some potential places to explore. Feel free to supplement these as you feel when you're looking to book your own trip. One thing that caught my eye and almost became my dinner recommendation was a location run by a local grandpa that makes and serves croquettes to go. If the weather is nice, you can even go to the small park that's nearby and enjoy the wonderful goodness before heading out to your next stop. The deep fried croquettes are filled with potato, ham, or fish. One thing to take into account is that even if the door is shut, it can be open, so it's good to familiarize yourself with the kanji for open so that you know you can head on in, because if the door is shut, it doesn't mean that it's closed. There's a mention of an English menu and that you could and should go early, because when they sell out, they shut down. So there's no real closing time. It's just when they run out of croquettes to offer to you. And it looks like it happens every day. And one thing that caught my attention that everyone mentions how good they are without the sauce you'd normally find given to you at other locations. And it really, for me, just shows how much these stand on their own. Another location I looked into for lodging was Highland Resort Hotel and Spa. For those of you that don't want to share a bathroom with somebody else, the pricing starts around $229 for next summer through various travel sites. This location has a spa, a massage salon, open air bath, hot spring bath, and even free parking as well. Public transportation is also near this location, and they have a breakfast buffet that's both Western and Japanese style at the Fujiyama Terrace Restaurant. They also have a, looks to be a very fancy Chinese meal at Shanghai Saikan. And if you want Japanese cuisine, you can even go at Koko Rogi. The location also offers free shuttles from either Fujisan or Fujiku Highland Station, and even an in-room massage after a long day of hiking around if you don't want to use the on-site massage salon. Our unique museum addition for the day is the Kawaguchigo Music Forest Museum. The museum is filled with European-inspired gardens and an antique music box and vintage organ museum with live musical performances. You really need to look at the pictures for this location as it looks like an art museum. Parking is free and has a paid and free section to be visited. The museum itself is not large at all. And if you're looking for something different though, an escape from the heat, the escape for rain, this could be the stop for you. For around 2,000 yen per adult and 1,500 yen for high school students or younger, it's not a cheap ticket, but it's one that could easily be worth your visit and just hearing some of the music be played and just see some things you normally wouldn't see. It's art, it's history, it's music, enjoy. For a truly sweet time, we're going to Ohio Kamatomomachi, sweets that look like a piece of art and perfect for any picture that you want to make that is going to make someone jealous or say, hey, please bring that home with you. (laughs) You can enjoy your ohagi or botomachi as sweets names change depending on the season. In autumn, the sweet is called ohagi. And with its name coming from the autumn bush, clover, hagi. 
During spring, however, the name changes to Botomachi. The name changes is due for the spring flower Botan, for which it is named after. The sweet rice balls are covered in either red bean paste, sweetened soybean flour, or sweetened ground black sesame and matcha to name just a few, and are usually stuffed with red bean paste on the inside. Please be aware that if you're traveling during Ohaigan, a Buddhist holiday that falls during spring and autumn equinoxes, these locations are going to be extremely busy and may only be able to sell you something if you've reserved in advance by phone or online. And due to the fact that these are a potential choking hazard, it's recommended that you chew and enjoy them slowly, and I completely get behind that. You can also enjoy a drink if you order the set at this location if seating is available, but again, like everywhere around here, 12 to 14 seats, not much. So get there early if you want to. Uh, make sure that they're going to have what you want. You can also get a variety of seasonal themed ohagi, and it's definitely going to be something to enjoy. And I plan on taking my son there and my friend and just adding this to our destination if I could talk them into going with myself. With that sweet ending, we're going to bring our honorable mention section to an end. And I appreciate your understanding once again as I push back our transition for Tokyo for day trips. And I'm truly looking forward to some wonderful interviews in between now and then with hiking and one that I just recorded about Japanese baseball with fellow podcaster and Hanshin Tiger fan T-Ray. If you've enjoyed today's show, feel free to join and support the show's Patreon. Details can be found in the description of today's show. If you've been on the fence, though, about joining a show's Patreon like mine or others, feel free to take part in the show's 30-day free trial of the Barstool in Tokyo Park Hyatt tier. My hope is that you'll see what each level offers and join in on a monthly basis after you get through that free trial. But just make sure, if you choose not to renew, no hurt feelings, but make sure to cancel before those 30 days are up so that you are not billed. We will look to move on to our next travel adventure in Japan with our next talk on Tokyo. I promise, my friends, after our interviews, when we return again for our next day trip travel episode of Lost Without Japan. Please give a follow, a like, and comment on your favorite streaming service. For updates on the show, give me a follow on Instagram at Lost Without Japan. And last advert for the day, if you're planning the perfect trip to Japan, it takes lots of time and research, right? So let Rediscover Tour's 21 years of Japan travel experience make planning your trip as fun and as easy as it is to just go and not have to worry about anything. More details of all can be found at Rediscover Tours at rediscovertours.com. For our outro for today, it looks like we are ready to call it a night before we begin our next adventure. So on behalf of Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip and we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. To everyone out there, Oginki Day, stay well, my friends. Song of the show for our episode today is a band that I'm going to be seeing in Chicago when they visit from Japan in the next few months, Otoboke Beaver, and their song, Don't Light My Fire. Don't, don't.
けられてもっ